really did it. Hey, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we got Josh in the house. What's up? How are we doing, man? Good to see you. I'm good. I'm good. Man, what, what are we, we're talking about so much shit right now. We're talking so much that we were never going to start this podcast if we didn't just start the podcast. We're talking shit, but let's let's do, Where do you motorcycles, go? and we can talk about food and food blogging. Well, let's get into it. Who are you? How do you introduce yourself to people? And what did you come, uh, what were you writing right now? What did you write over here? Oh, okay. Well, Joshua Simon, um, online, I go by The Hangry Writer. So uh, I'm a food blogger. I promote restaurants. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. And how long have you been doing that? God, it's been like five or six years. You're blowing up. First of all, congratulations. You're blowing up and, and, and you're fucking traveling and you're, we, I ran into you in Paris, which I think is a great story. We'll talk about it in a bit. You just came from Brazil, which is awesome. When did you, when did you, why did you start this? When did you see that there was potential in this and when did you actually see it blow up? Well, how did I start this? God, I'm going to blame my father. Um, he was a foodie. He used to clip articles from the local newspaper about new restaurants and things, and he would keep those articles in a folder. Really? Yeah, and wow. then he'd drag us all over town, and we'd always be trying new food. And sometimes, God, as a kid, it's just like, Dad, I just want to go back to that one restaurant and eat this. And he's like, oh, no, we got to try a new place. But anyways, so as I got older... And I got a motorcycle. I was like, okay. All of a sudden, that allows me to get anywhere I want in Los Angeles. So I started bopping around, trying different food. And then I got more into Instagram, and I started eating with some other food bloggers that kind of showed me the way. So I started making you know horrible pictures and horrible little videos. And you know, as time progressed, they got a little better and a little better. And I, I just remember, like, I think when I had, like, a 1,000 followers, I was like, holy shit, people actually care what I'm, what I'm eating. You know, I'm like, these people care. So I was like, that's cool. And now I've got 100,000 followers, that, which just happened, which is major for me. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> dude, that is insane ladies and gentlemen come down a hundred thousand followers no, for no, me, that's fucking huge bro yeah for anybody bro i remember that for, for anybody that's badass yeah I, yeah it's cool um i remember when i was striving to hit five thousand i'm like how long is this gonna take you know and the the cool part though is uh Every once in a while, I, I get a post that just it goes viral. And in my mind, viral is like a million or more. Yeah. and um, That's pretty viral. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had a few of them. And so just recently, I did one about uh, 106 Seafood Underground, which is a, a restaurant in Lenox, which is right next to Inglewood. And uh, it's in this guy's backyard. And he, he does Mexican seafood. It's really good. So anyways, um, that post is probably currently like 1.8 or 1.9 million views. But the shares is what gets me excited. It's been shared over 100,000 times. Wow. I'm like, like, that has potential to really blow up. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just kind of fun to watch that stuff. 
at the same time, you get kind of obsessive about it. You're like constantly looking at it and seeing yeah, yeah. it's performing. Do, do you, uh, you're obviously posting on YouTube as well, right? I do. Um, I should be concentrating on YouTube, but yeah. it's, it's kind of like third degree for me. Like I'll post on Instagram and TikTok. And then if I remember to, I'll put it on Facebook. And then YouTube, I think what they're pushing is shorts. Right. Just like everybody else's reels. But YouTube is still sticking it to one minute or less. Right. Uh, yeah, mean, they're limiting it. Yeah. Yeah, which means I'd have to take some of my videos and chop them down for YouTube. So if I wasn't so lazy, I would do that because it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I am on YouTube. I think it's like 28,000 followers there. What? You just use your iPhone, right? Do you use any other equipment? Do you edit on computers? Do you edit on your phone? 100% on my phone. Fucking aren't they amazing? It, it really is. And uh, we actually, so I actually have an advertising agency. That's my, my background with this. For 25 plus years, my wife and I own an advertising agency. And I always did sales and business development. I'm good at talking to people. Love talking to people for a brief amount of time. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. And we have a professional camera. And I don't use it because I, I believe there's an aspect to social media that uh, people like to see. Um, Jesus, how do you say it? Not professional, but. Casual. Uh, <laughs> uh, natural. I, I'm, I'm missing the term, but I'm sure that people know exactly what I'm trying to say. That you like using your iPhone versus a professional camera? Yeah, 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 like, you know, but, more but, homegrown stuff. But but is it more organic this way because uh, you're using your phone, like the outcome of the video, or is it more organic when you're actually taking the video versus, because, you know, like if you pull out a camera at a restaurant, it doesn't feel as natural and it feels very awkward. Yeah, well, there's that too. I yeah. mean, I do have some other equipment, like some tripods and some lights, but I try to keep it small because... It just gets annoying, and, you know, I'm on a motorcycle. I don't want to bring so much with me. Right. But, um, yeah, when you try to keep it, I guess, more organic, it, I think people respond to it better. Like, I, I know I do have some friends that do this, and they... Did you air quote organic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. What a dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I'm still lost. I'm still at a loss for words on what the term I was, right. I was trying to come up with. But um, amateur, like more amateur, yeah. So it, it, when you do use a professional camera and you really edit it nice, people don't respond the same way. Right. You know, they like to see the real basic stuff. So, you know, I, I keep it to the phone. You know, I might buy, a, I might use a microphone every once in a while. Um, that's because uh, part of what comes along with being a food blogger is you get to meet a lot of restaurateurs and they ask for help managing their Instagram accounts. So mm. one thing I do... Um, is manage Instagram accounts for restaurants. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's it's just, a lot of work. It's I'm constantly creating content. Yeah, yeah. there was one point where I had like five different accounts of each one. I had to make three posts a week for, usually videos. It's a lot of creating. You know. Yeah, but sometimes uh, you want to interview the owners. And, right. You know, I don't have professional equipment like this. I'm very jealous. But those little microphones make a huge difference. They, they're amazing. Yeah. Do, do you have the uh, the Adobe Suites with you at all? 
I don't know. My my wife and the employees have all that stuff. Check if they have it. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because Adobe just released. It's still in beta, but you have access to it. And I used it once, which was fucking mind-blowing because I, I have the Rode ones, the Rode mics, the wireless. And I did a podcast in downtown L.A. at a boxing uh, ring, and it was basically a big warehouse. And I've never had so much echo in my life. And I, I like this sound because people will watch a shitty video with good sound, but not a good video with bad sound. Right. And Adobe just released, it's called Podcaster Voice Enhancer. I don't know how the fuck it works. It's all AI, obviously. It fucking cleaned it up, and it sounded so crystal. It sounded like this, and it was just those little mics, and it's free if you already have the Adobe Suites. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with actual software. I'm I'm doing everything on CapCut. I love CapCut. I, I just left Adobe for CapCut right now. I, I don't know if I want to say that, but no, I, but it's true. Like I, I started. Oh, really? Oh, it's fucking great. CapCut on your phone? On my phone and on the computer. They yeah. just released a, a Mac version. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I think you, Adobe is obviously more professional. There's a lot more you can do with it. But it's like, do you even want to go down that road? Dude, I edit a lot. I edit a lot of videos. Yeah. A lot of videos. I think my problem with my, my, my Instagram is I, I add too much to my videos. And there's just too many cuts. And... Like, I really take a whole fucking day and put in, like, in a minute and 30 seconds of, like, motorcycles and this and that and this and that. And, but, I, but I love it. And I do that on CapCut so much easier than Adobe, you know? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Once you get familiar with the software, like, I think I started with iMovie. Yeah. Yeah, I think 10 years ago, I messed around with iMovie. I kind of got it working. And I was like, oh, I know how to use iMovie. I stopped, and then I got into the food blogging, and I started using iMovie then. And my friends are like, what are you doing? You should be using, I, th I think it's InShot was the popular editing thing. So I used InShot, and then somebody suggested CapCut, and CapCut does give you a lot of control. So I, I use it. You could, do, you could do anything. on. I, I think, I'm just going to shoot out a number, but I believe when I downloaded on my Mac about two months ago, it was the number four or number three uh, creative app in the App Store being downloaded. I believe it. So, yeah, anyways, that, that, that's, that's perfect. So you just use your phone, basically. You, you edit and do everything from your phone. and Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. My iPhone 12. I know. <laughs> it's the I'm, workhorse. So tomorrow I get my phone. It's the first time I ordered a, uh, a Max in a long time. I, I, I walked away from the bigger iPhones like years ago. Like I, I tried it for one or two years and I was in. I was like, it's too big. It's too unnecessary. But I ordered it this year because of the bigger battery. It has, the Max now has a uh, 120, a 120 or 122 millimeter, millimeter, millimeter. millimeter lens. So the zooms crazy and then the new action mode is amazing so I'm i saw a video on that where it steadies it oh my god and he was on a fucking he was using the 122 or the 120 milliliter what am i saying millimeter millimeter you should know this you're a gun guy right i know i know yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah i'm i don't usually go with the large one and the main reason is because it's usually in my pocket on the motorcycle right right but i think we'll be okay i don't think you'll notice much of a difference with the bigger one yeah i don't think so i'll try i, I don't think so i'll try it, 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 the thing is it does have a better it, it's 
it's stupid because I think this is the second year in the last five years that they made the regular sized one and the bigger one with a different feature. And that's pretty fucked up because it's usually like the same feature. It's just, do you want a bigger one or a smaller one? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed having the smaller one and knowing it had the exact same features. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm ready to give my two grand app and <laughs> my donation. What bike are you riding today? Uh, today, I am riding my favorite bike. Uh, just the, I've had at least 20 plus bikes in my life. And I stumbled across this MT-09. It's a, it's a 2017 Yamaha MT-09. And I bought it from somebody that already put all the goodies on it, like a shock absorber and uh, some internals in the forks, steering stabilizer. I got it set up for my weight, and I've just been loving this bike, man. I just really groove with this thing. That's awesome. I, I there, There's a rumor. I don't know if it's a rumor. You told me in Paris, but uh, you, you don't buy new bikes. You, you go used and already fixed up and set up, right? Oh, yeah, because... Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that perspective. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that buy bikes, and they don't really... Kind of like what's happening to you. Life happens. Right. You know, it's it's kind of happening to me, too. But, um, so there's a lot of guys that buy bikes, and they'll pimp them out, and they don't really ride them. No. So I have no problem buying a used bike. You know, you look, has it been mangled? Does it have a salvage title? You know, is there any smoke coming out of it? No, fine. I'm good with it. And I, so that's why I always buy the used bikes. Is there somebody knocking on the door with a package? No, no, no. I was making <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I wanted to publish that too. But yeah, go ahead. So anyways, I've got this MT-09. It's, it's just a beautiful bike. And it handles well. It's quick. It's everything about it. I love it. You're comfortable. Got a big ugly box on the back. And that makes life so much better. Uh, currently, my other bikes are a 2015 Yamaha FJR 1300. So that's good for like long distance or if it's cold out, you know, it's because it's got a big windshield on it and hand warmers and all that. Heated grips. Heated grips, yeah. yeah and the bike actually runs a little hot itself. And then I've got uh, what I call my hot rod, which is the 2003 Kawasaki ZRX 1200. Um, apparently I've, I've wanted one for a long time and I, I just kind of stumbled across it. it. Let's see what happened. I was about to spend 20 grand on a new Harley and I didn't want to spend 20 grand on a new Harley. So and this is just the beginning. That's, we can go on about Harleys in a minute, but, um, so this bike popped up, I think it was seven grand. I bought it and then I ended up putting a lot more money into it just because I like started falling in love with it and I did all the Oleans front and back and Brembo. And I'm still in the process of like kind of getting it set up for me. I want it to handle as well as it can handle and then uh, kind of go out and see what it can do. But it's still a, a 2003 1200. It's going to be a heavy bike, but it's fun like kind of getting it into shape because when I first got it, it was just this big wobbly hunk of, you know, it was bad. <laughs> How much you pick it up for him? I think I, I paid seven or seventy five for it, which was kind of on the high end. Yeah, but um, you know, it had some cool stuff like a performance machine wheels, um, a slightly built engine with 
higher compression pistons and the flat slide carbs, which are pretty cool. They were pretty cool at the time. I've, since then, I've taken them off and gone with stock carbs because the flat sides are really only good for wide open throttle. Right. And I'm barely there ever. You know? Yeah. But, uh, and then the last bike is a Harley. I had picked up a 2012 Harley Davidson Sportster XR 1200X, which is kind of like a kind of like a flat tracker. Yeah, it's the only sports show that came with like real suspension, like upside down forks. Is that the one with the checkered flag, the orange tank, and the checkered flag on the side? Yes, but mine is white. That's funny. Maybe it was our converse. I don't. I don't know. But for some reason, I saw a post on one. I was like, that looks so fucking great. I worked at Harley when we when they sold those. Oh, okay. And I saw that, and I was I was looking on eBay. I I, I was like interested in buying one. I was like. Oh, there was a really good deal, you know, but they're they're sell, they're holding their value. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's kind of how I ended up with it. Um, iconic motorbike auctions is one of like you know I grab my coffee and I open up my computer and I look at iconic, and there's the 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 X model, which is an upgrade over the regular XR twelve hundred. Right. It came with better suspension and floating rotors, and I was like, and it was I thought it was a good deal, so I bought it. And I ended up paying for shipping, and then I registered it, and then I bought new tires. And by the time I was done with that, pretty much we're at what it's worth. So the goal was to sell it, but now, like, I've been putting around on it. I'm like, there's something fun about putting around on a Harley, you know? At first, I was like, oh, this fucking tractor of an engine. But it has this character about it that just grows on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, when you know, I, I don't. I, I think I might have mentioned it to you, but the the BMW is gone. I had an accident on that. Beamer's gone. Beamer's gone. So now it's the streak light and the live wire. But my point is, is that when I, I was riding the Beamer, the BMW, so much that I fucking for LA, I had thirty two thousand miles on it in like two and a half years. No yeah. traveling. No traveling. This That's was all, all city. Yeah, city riding, just, 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 just running errands, handling this, like, every day, you know, my go-to bike. Yeah. And I would enjoy that so much that every now and then I'd be like, ah, the Harley, the Harley, the Harley. But then when I get on the Harley and I would ride it on the weekends, it's just it's just a different fucking ride. That sound, the vibration, the fucking, it's, especially when the weather gets crispier and cooler, you know, it's, it's so perfect. It, it's a different feeling. It's a different feeling. It is, yeah. I, I, I tried a bagger. I love them. I bought a Kawasaki bagger just to see what it was like. And I don't know if the bike was a piece of shit or just bagger. No offense. Kawasaki, bro. Well, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm talking kidding. About, <laughs> I'm talking about the size of the bike. And like, because 90% of what I do is splitting lanes around LA. I, I will I will split lanes with anybody with a skinnier bike on my, my bagger. No problem. It's not easy. It's not easy. No problem. To me, it's the same. <laughs> To, to, to me, it's the same. I, I, I ride my BMW. Well, my BMW is actually wider. Well, you're, you had a fucking GS, didn't you? Yeah, GSA. They're, like, they're GSA. tanks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, people couldn't keep up with me on splitting lanes. They, they, they really couldn't. I'm talking about the average rider. I'm not talking about like some fucking guy that rides every day a street bike and obviously his bike's thinner. I'm talking about the average rider, the space they take up is, is no different than the space that I would take up on a fucking GS or the street line. Your your live wire must feel like a fucking moped though compared to those bikes. 
Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. But a heavy, <laughs> a heavy moped. Oh, they're heavy? Oh, they're so fucking heavy. Right. Okay. They're so heavy and, and they're, 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 it, it has a top heavy feel to it. It's yeah. heavy. It is like a moped and, and it, and it, and it, and it's, but it's, it, it's heavy, but I, it, it feels better quality than a moped. I think my Kawasaki bagger was also top heavy, which just led to, you know, dissatisfaction of riding it in the city but you know, I, I, I tried it. You know, I, I did my DMV test twenty years ago on a street glide. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I <laughs> did. I did it at the Glendale dealer, and I'll I'll never forget the day when I went there. I had a buddy of mine that uh, it was a buddy of mine's buddy. Mm-hmm. Give him the deal was buy him a six pack. He'll let me borrow the scooter to do the DMV test. Okay. A street glide? No, no, not on a street glide. On a scooter. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I own a streak line. This guy, I was going to buy him a six-pack. He was going to let me borrow, borrow the scooter. Yeah. When I went, when I got to the DMV, the guy didn't answer my calls. He never showed up, and I'm there with the streak line. Right. Okay? The lady looks at me, and she's like, are you, you going to do it on that? And I go, yeah. And she's like, are, are you kidding? And I was like, no. She's like, you know, I don't know why she said this. It was very random. She goes, you know, there's men that are six feet tall with big beards and tattoos. They come in little scooters, right? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> why would I do that? That would be fun to actually film. But it was so random. It was, yeah, it was so random for her to say that. I go back there, and long story short, when I get there, there's probably five or six people watching me. The two DMV security guards are watching me. The ladies watching me. Some people got off their car. They're like, I got to see this. The first in between the cones and the first circle, everybody's like, get the fuck out of here. This guy's got it. And they fucking walked away. Like, that was it. And I passed my DMV on a street glide. How long had you been riding? Prior to that? Yeah. So, maybe eight years. And then I owned that street glide probably three years. I had that street glide two years. Yeah. So once you have like six months to a year on a and bike. And I, I was also working for Harley Davidson. Yeah, and I was moving. Down. I was moving the bikes down. No, no, of course I got it down. But I will tell you, on a, on a bagger, mm-hmm. I don't even care if it's an ultra, a street glide, a road glide. I can do, I can do that DMV test fucking no problem. Like piece of cake. It's easier than a fucking Dyna or, um, or other bikes, you know, other, other. V twin bikes, like the bagger ones are so good. That's why the that's why the police use those baggers. And that's why they, they do those cone competitions because they fucking handle and balance really well, really well. So when you're saying your Kawasaki was kind of difficult, maybe you're right. That was top heavy. You don't feel that top heaviness with a Harley. Of course, the first time you grab it, you're like, oh, this is so fucking heavy. It's seven eight hundred pounds. It is. But when you ride, I mean, I can fucking lock the steering wheel hold the brake down a little bit and give a little gas. And I can just do a perfect circle all day. Watching those cops go through those cones, they they just drag on the, the crash bars. They just yeah. lay it down on that and do circles on that. It's still extremely impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. But it's, it's, it's more impressive to other bikers that ride smaller bikes and, and – Look at the Harleys like, oh, my God, that's so oh. big, you know? Right, right, Like, right, do you yeah. know Jim Hyden? Nah. Rawhide, uh, they do the training co- uh, course in Santa Clarita. Okay. 
So they, they have an amazing facility where they teach you how to ride uh, GSs, and now they have the Pan Americas, and they teach you. They have like twenty feet drops. They you ride inside lakes. You ride like they have insane training courses. That sounds like fun. Oh, it's so much fun. It's intimidating. It's fun. It's scary, and it's it's awesome because you you will you will learn how to fucking ride a bike there. Do you get to use their bike? Yeah, yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you <laughs> can bring your bike. You can rent their bike, whatever they want. It's three days. They have a little campground there, and they have little fucking huts where you can, like, stay in, or you can stay outside. The place has outdoor showers. Food comes uh, in, included. The food's fucking amazing. Oh. The food is fucking amazing. Jim's very strict about the, the, the chefs and the cooks. Top-notch of the food. My point is, uh, Jim said it best. You look at these GSs, and they look like elephants, and they feel like an elephant, but when you finish one of these classes, they're nimble like a mouse. They're so fucking nimble, you can just maneuver them so easy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing what happens once you get used to a bike. And um, it's, you know, it's when you're moving, like my largest bike is this, my bagger is the Yamaha FJR thirteen hundred. That's my bagger now. I wanted something that was you know reliable and goes fast. But anyways, once you when you're trying to hey. oh sorry about hey. that. Did I offend you? No, no, me hold on. Wait. Oh, oh. Come on. Man. You found the button. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah, no, it's, bro, the bike comes with 145 horsepower, 100 foot-pounds of torque. You know, it's, yeah. you don't need to upgrade the engine. You don't need new suspension. It's just done. Yeah. It's like the fourth iteration of that, although how many street glides have I been? I don't know. But anyways, where the hell was it going? Oh, when you're moving it on the kickstand or moving it on the garage, yeah, it's heavy. But once you get rolling, they're, they're very light, you know. Right. You start feeling it again when you try to ride aggressively in tight turns. That's when you can really feel a heavy bike. But um, on stuff like Angela's Crest, it's like smooth. It's really nice. I don't even try and take it into like the tight stuff in Malibu. That wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. yeah. Like Las Flores or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No fun on a big bike. What's that one straight? Puma? Puma? Something like that. I think it's Puma. Puma, right? Is that the one that's one way going down? No, it's not a one way. There's one street that I can never find. Granted, I don't look for it. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll go riding with And it goes down, oh. and it's one way. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. That, I know what you're talking about. That's off Mulholland. That's off Mulholland. And it, yeah, basically, you're just on Mulholland. Then there's this one turn that you take, and it's just this very curvy, fun little road, and then it kicks back onto Mulholland. Yeah, there's there's so many awesome roads. Yeah. We're blessed. We're yeah. so blessed oh. to have those roads. Did Did you see the post I posted yesterday? I did not. Oh my god, man! I I was San Gabriel Canyons by uh, Azusa. Mm-hmm. Have you been up there? Um, I Crystal, may have Crystal Lake. I probably have. Oh my god, man! What a fuck! I mean, I've been there years ago, but uh, yesterday. Wait, yeah, yesterday. No, it's Tuesday. Jesus, on Sunday. Uh, went to the bike shed and then they were going to check out this castle and I was like a castle anyways we left early I was with my buddy Jaime and we passed by the castle and we're like dude this is not a castle this is just a pile of rocks like <laughs> this is so absurd we're not going to wait for anybody to check out this pile of rocks R- Rubel Rubel Castle or something like that Ro- Rubel 
R-U-B-E-L, Rubel, Castle. I don't know. Anyways, if you look it up, it's uh, what you see on Google is more than enough. Okay. Um, But then I was like, you know what? There's some canyons here that I used to go on, and I haven't been on it in a long time. And we we found that San Gabriel Canyon's fucking so beautiful, man. It's, it's, It's a mixture of like... Angeles Crest and Crestline or Lake Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that's the vibe that, that it has. Yeah, I'll do I'll do a little more exploring up that way once the weather tones down. Mm-hmm. During the summer, I'm like, uh, no, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, strongly recommend that one. I, I actually want to ride the Big Bear. I've never ridden up there. Oh, it's so beautiful. That that road is so awesome. Yeah, Big yeah. Bear. I mean, on a bike. You'd be surprised. I think it's like an hour, 15 minutes, hour, 20 minutes from L.A. to Lake Arrowhead. You're, you know that where the lake's at and you can get burgers and sandwiches. An hour and 15 minutes. Hmm. Cut through traffic. Of course, the first part's kind of boring. But once you start getting at the bottom of the hill and you're going up, great. Time flies by. You get up there, have a burger, come right back. It's not a big deal. There's a, there's a donut place up in Big Bear. I remember they just had apple fritter the size of your head and it was actually good you know i was like this is an amazing and they had a pineapple fritter as well i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but i'll look it up yeah 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 well we'll find it uh what's what's one of your favorite rides and 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 what's your favorite uh current kitchen current kitchen well current restaurant current current (laughs) Yeah, current kitchen that you like them cooking for you? Uh, well the, the donut place, I just found it. It's called Dank Donuts in Big Bear. So if you're in Big Bear, definitely try those donuts. Um, Danked Donuts. Dank Donuts. Dank. Yeah. Like the weed. Yeah, like the weed. So favorite, it's really, this favorite thing is so tough for me because I'm always trying new stuff and I like so many different kinds of food. Okay, let's go categories real quick. Uh, my favorite and uh, then there's politics involved, so I can't have a favorite this because right. this guy's going to get all fucking upset. But let's talk tacos. I love tacos. Um, What's a good taco? Look, okay, the two things that I struggle with living in this area in Studio City is not sushi. Sushi's... I, you're <laughs> fucking flooded with sushi. Dude, we're yeah. flooded. I, I, yeah. I think uh, Evan from LA in a Minute said there was like 150, if not more, sushi places on Ventura. Yeah. But I can't find a good taco place here. And I can't find a good steakhouse. I had a Korean friend of mine, Perry Lee, and he's like, I'm coming to Studio City. I want to see you. I want to eat meat. Let's go to a steakhouse. And I'm like, steak in Studio City? What the fuck? And, and I, asked my, I asked some developers here. I asked some friends, some neighbors. I asked the cigar pound. Everybody's like, uh, and please don't say Lala's. Like, you know, like, it's just not. It's tough. Yeah. So for tacos over here, I don't know a lot of places, but you do have Tacos 1986, I believe. Are they still in Studio City or no? They just opened up in Studio City less than a year ago, and I think they're still operating. Okay, well, if they're there, yeah, they, their autobata is pretty tasty. It's like Al Pastor on the spit. Yeah, and try yeah, they their, put guac on everything. They're really good. And they have a matcha salsa, which is a, a very dark, oily salsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it's going to kill you, but it's very mild. So definitely try that salsa on anything. But, um, I, you know, Carnitas, I love Carnitas El Artista. I used to manage their Instagram account. So, I mean, that's the sad part about managing an account. So basically you're going to the restaurant, you're filming the food, 
And of course, you're going to eat it. You get tired of the food. No matter how good it is, you get tired of it. But Carnitas El Artista is over in Inglewood. It's excellent Carnitas. And then Are you, you telling me people pay you in food? No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> I think that's the most I've ever used this, by the way. <laughs> people try to pay me in food, but yeah. Yeah. It's not going to pay the rent. Um, Carnitas El Momo is excellent. Are you a Carnitas guy? I love Carnitas. I love tacos. Yeah. I, I think what I'm going to do is I want to put together, on Tuesday night, the Los Angeles Motorcycle Riders on Facebook get together. Um, they bullshit, and then they hit up, like, a taco shop or, or the, what's the place, the Moto Club in downtown? Uh, the bike, bike shed. shed. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they go to the bike shed. I want to put something together where it's, like, a taco hop, where we go hit up, like, three, we just ride around L.A. and hit up, like, three different taco places. That'd be so fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, just to... I can show people where all the great tacos are. You know, sometimes you got to go to a neighborhood that's not so, you know, swanky. Yeah. But that's where the good tacos that's are. That's where the good tacos are. Yeah. yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think of, again, I know this is a sensitive topic and this is your business, so you don't have to answer to anything you don't want to answer. Uh, El Sal's in Glendale, San Fernando, Chevy Chase. I don't think I've ever been there. Oh, El Sal's is. El Sal's to me is really good. I don't know if it's as good as it was. I've been eating at that place for 25 years. Is it like a Mexican restaurant or is it more like it's a taco a, shop? It's a, Mex- it's a taco shop. Okay. It's a taco shop. It's a hole-in-the-wall taco shop. They did remodel it in the last five or seven years because before that it was fucking horrific, but the best tacos ever. Very greasy, a lot of fucking cheese, great meat, great seasoning, uh, lots of onions. I mean, it's their salsa is on point. Is it birria? No. Okay, you know what birria of is. Of course, right? I love birria. Okay, yeah. birria is in Los Angeles. Birria is the new black. Everybody knows what it is. Yeah, everybody. I haven't, I haven't had some good birria in a while, but uh, we do have a lot. Northridge. There's a van or or an RV or whatever you want to call it or a fucking uh, a troll a, serving a, yeah. birria out of the back of their car. I found them on Instagram. And they they had they had a review that blew up. I'm talking about millions of fucking hits. Oh and really? A buddy of mine that's a foodie went there, and I went with him. He loved it. He says that was the best thing he's ever ate. I liked it a lot. I just hated waiting because there was a big, big fucking line. Like I was like, yeah, this is not worth 45 minutes to an hour to fucking wait for. That was my mentality. But if their line wasn't there and you prep it right. Fucking amazing. Bro, I got to say, that's one of my favorite things about having a large, uh, you know, being like a Z-list celebrity is a lot of times I'll get to skip the line. That's like, because I fucking hate lines. Like, sometimes I'll go someplace like, I want to eat that, but I can't stand waiting in line. So sometimes they're like, hey, come on up. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's a go. That's awesome. It's the simple things for me. That's uh, not simple, man. People pay... $400 extra for Universal Studios to skip lines, <laughs> you know, like for one day. Barreria San Marcos? I think that's the one that I was, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that's that's close to us. There's one in Van Nuys. I think they have three or four locations. So I went to that one. and bef- Iria, Ria, Barreria, I don't know, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, no. When I went to that one three years ago, that was the only one. And they blew up, and now they have like four locations or something. It was a truck on the street? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. I used to post for them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to feature them. Um, I just haven't been eating a lot. Maybe of it was your post before. Yeah. I don't know if it blew up or not, but um, now it's a white dude, like a white kid or a white dude. Then. <laughs> <laughs> All the whites yeah, yeah, no longer yeah. says kid. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's really good beer. I mean, that's good for beef birria. And then if you, there's another truck, um, birria La, La Unica, I believe it's in East La LA. Unica. La Unica. Yeah. Um, that's in East LA, and that's just a great taco hop, by the way. You find that birria truck, and then you're also going to find Mariscos Jalisco, um, which is a great fried shrimp Mariscos, taco. Mariscos Jalisco. Oh, you're gonna? Oh no, I got that guy. Yeah. Mariscos. Mariscos Jalisco. Mariscos Jalisco. I'm going to Jalisco. That's why this weekend, as a matter of fact. He's going to hate me by the time this is over. <laughs> they have a really good, it's like a fried shrimp taco, but it's actually shrimp and potato. And all of Los Angeles is in love with it. And then there's just, there's a couple other spots on that street. So I got a question for you. So you're a foodie. You like everything. What don't you like? Is there something you won't eat? Oysters, beans, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, roaches, insects. Have you done the whole grasshopper thing? Smelly tuna. Smelly tuna. <laughs> Are we talking about food still? <laughs> um, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> you totally said that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I heard it. Like, <laughs> um, no, I pretty much eat everything. Octopus. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Have you have you tried the uh, like the fried crickets and stuff like that? Yeah. 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 I'm down with it. Oaxacan food is like got tons of that, and um, I've managed an account for a Oaxacan food restaurant. Really? Yeah. Um, what's the weird? Okay. What's the weirdest thing you've done? The one thing that I have not eaten, which is surprising, is I think it's called balot, which is like a partially fertilized duck egg. So when you crack it open, it's like a hard-boiled egg, but it's got like a small fetus in there too. Oh, I just saw that. Filipinos eat that, right? Filipinos eat it. And it's strange that I haven't eaten it cause, because my wife is Filipino. Wow. That but is weird. That being said... Have you been to the Philippines? I have been to the Philippines. It's been a while. Yeah. But they, she's born in Connecticut, raised in New Mexico. <laughs> and yeah. I eat more Filipino food than she does. But um, that's the that's the one strange food that I would like to eat, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I I eat everything. I love trying new stuff. Um, new York is considered the capital of pizza. Something I don't know, but people know people go to New York. They want to try pizza. What 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 would you consider L.A.? Would it be tacos? Uh, we have. What would be the comparison? Uh, yeah, if if New York is pizza, then L.A. is tacos. L.A. is tacos, yeah, huh? And San, San Diego is what? Burritos, right? They're really into burritos down Big there. Big time, yeah. Is, wasn't, it be, wasn't it made there? The burrito? burrito was created in San, San Diego? I doubt it. Santiago. <laughs> no, no, I know it's U.S. for sure. Uh, America made burritos. I don't know about that, bro, because well, some, somebody just brought that up on leave one a of comment. my posts. Leave a comment. Yeah, comment on this, but... Um, Somebody actually mentioned that in one of my posts. So I did a quick Google search, and I could not see anything that said a burrito was invented in America. Yeah, because my understanding and, and, and what I've heard and what I believe I've searched, but at the same time I've searched so many things, uh, burritos, 
the tortilla, like that, that ridiculous big size of putting all your food in was made in America. Like the, and they that, that makes it, sense. Right. Yeah. Which is uh, also during that time I researched the fortune cookie is American. Fortune cookie is American. You know, fortune yeah. cookie was American. And then there was a couple other items that it was just like, did you know? Blah, 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 blah. And this is years ago. This is before like, you know, Instagram and social media. So I don't know. I got to check it out. But I thought it was in San Diego, the burrito. Because before that, like even when I would go, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Hollis this, uh, this weekend. I went to Hollis 25 years ago. And when you go there, even back then, there was no burritos. Like I, I, even Guadalajara, there was no burritos. I was like, like what? Yeah. What's a burrito? I'm like, oh, and everywhere, everywhere's tacos, and they use the 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 stump of a tree, and they cut the taco meat in there for like events. And by the end of that event, in like a week, that wood is like, like people are eating wood. Right, <laughs> like, that's their chopping block. Yeah, that's their chopping block. That's the, the great thing about LA is there's so many varieties of tacos. I've really just I really come to appreciate the taco. It's yeah. it's so amazing. It's my I, favorite. I love when people get offended. Like if you put something strange and call it a taco, they're like, "That's not a taco." It's like bullshit. You know, you put it in a tortilla, you call it whatever the fuck you want. But I love people who just get offended by this stuff. It's the pizza people you brought up, they're the worst, man. That's not New York pizza. It's like who yeah. gives a fuck? It's, it's a fuck. Yeah, it's good pizza. You know, yeah. it's just this is what it is. It's hard dealing with it. Yeah. It's it's fun to get them all riled up and get them commenting, but I recently went to this this great pizza place that's in Thousand Oaks. And initially I walked in and I th- and I saw that they have Detroit style, New York style, Sicilian style. And my immediately thought was, okay, one of them's going to be good, but there's no fucking way they're all good, right? They were all good. It was amazing pizza. And I'm, you know, I'm not a pizza slut, you know, a little bit, but it's, this place is really, anyways, it's called Slice House. It's in Thousand Oaks and uh, <clears throat> it's a, a new franchise. You're going to start seeing it pop up, but God, the place has only been there like four months and there's already a line out the door. So when you see Slice House, check it out. It's check it out. Really good pizza. It's, it's off the 101. Yeah, it's off the 101 in Thousand Oaks, but I think they're going to be in Burbank soon. Um, yeah, there'll be a few other. Gonna, there's going to be one in Simi Valley as well. Yeah, you need these because you talk so much, right? Yeah, no, big time, man. I'm used to this. Yeah, and you know, usually I, I kick on the AC like an hour before, but you know, it's a little warm right now. Um, tacos. What, what about the Bay Area? Perry has such great food. Have you been up there lately? Have you done food reviews up there? Frisco? Um, every once in a while, I'll go up there, but I'm usually with family, yeah. so I can't get around. You know, I would usually go to like... Family. The older I get, the more I appreciate them. They're, it's like, oh my God, my little kid's so cute. Yeah. But, Adorable, um, by the way. Usually Those when I go... eyes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, when I'm up in the Bay Area, I'm usually looking at uh, dim sum and different kinds of Chinese food. Uh, surprisingly, in Chinatown, there's a ton of disappointments. But um, yeah, that, really, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of tourist spots up there. Yeah. So you just gotta know what to avoid. Did you go to Little Italy? 
I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever <sighs> been to Little Italy. Great pastas, great pizzas up there. Nice town, nice neighborhood. A lot of strip clubs too. <laughs> it's like Little Italy and strip clubs. <laughs> you know, great food. No, no, great, great environment. Is it? No, I've been hearing a lot about San Fran lately. So is it still? Dude, I don't know. I I used to I used to live in the Central Coast in Santa Cruz and in Monterey for for a while. And then there was a time that I lived in San Francisco up in Twin Peaks. And during that time, I fucking loved San Francisco. Loved it. And now hearing everything that I'm hearing, it's so disappointing if it's true. It's so disappointing. Yeah, I, d- I mean, I don't want to talk shit. Espe- I mean, LA. If it's true, exactly. If, yeah. If it's true. Yeah, and I'm sure everything it has its. It's just San Francisco. You see, LA is so spread out that you have to go to the wrong neighborhoods to see parts of LA that you're going to be like, oh my God, this is fucking crazy. Like, it's 2023 and people are living like this. It's, it's fucking insane. But you got to go out of your way and find it. In San Francisco, I believe the size of San Francisco, it's like seven by seven miles. And it's just, everybody's just stacked up on top of each other. So if you have bad neighborhoods, that's just bleeding through the whole city. You yeah, know, period. Yeah, it's going to be exasperated. Yeah, you're not going you're not going to escape it. And just seeing how the stores are all locked up and, you know, where, where if you want to buy a bottled water, you got to get an associate to unlock it, <laughs> you know, to get your water. That's fucking insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. And then they have an app. I heard now there's so much human feces on the streets that there's an app that like, if you walk by it, you can report it, like click. And then if you go on the app, it's just like, ah, it's fucking disgusting. Oh, it's boy. so wild. And then that I heard like two, three years ago. So now, I don't know, man. I used to love San Francisco. I used to love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd go back and check it out. But uh, yeah, there is some good food there. Just yeah, like I said, I'm usually with family, and I'm and I'm not exploring too much. It's hard when you have a huge group, you know. Yeah. You got a lot of people. No, San Francisco seafood is amazing. Clam chowder up there is amazing. The little Italy is amazing. The Filipino community in Daly City, all those restaurants are amazing. You can get like the whole pigs almost every other block. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. yeah. Filipino karaoke, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, apparently every Filipino can sing. Yeah, <laughs> no, they can sing. They they can they they can't sing, but they can sing. <laughs> I used to work um, in two thousand, in the year two thousand. Fuck, twenty three years ago, I used to work for Glendale Harley David. I'm sorry, uh, Glendale Mitsubishi, a car dealership. Mm-hmm. And there was this Filipino guy that worked there. He used to wear blue suede shoes comb his hair like Elvis, and he would sing to every client that would buy a car from him. What's that? You hear something? Oh, that noise? That's the fridge. Okay, all right, sorry. That's the fridge. Yeah, the mic doesn't pick that up. Okay, so blue suede shoes guy. Yeah, anyways, it was a Filipino cat that every time he sold a car, he would sing Elvis. (laughs) He would just, since my baby left. That's awesome. It was awesome. I mean, dude, this was 23 years ago, and I can remember this clearly. He would just dress like Elvis and, oh, you want to buy a car for me? And you're like, why is this Filipino guy talking to me like this at a car dealership? It's actually another thing. It was pretty fucking wild. But yeah. In Glendale, I bought my first Harley in 2007 from Glendale Harley. They They were really good guys to deal with. And that was the first and only, I think that's the first and only new bike I ever bought. In 2007. Yeah, and it was actually good to me. I think I put like 50,000 miles on that thing and uh, just got bored of it. Yeah, I 
moved on. Yeah. yeah, purchasing for me with Glendale has been difficult, personally. But I, but back in 2007, I was working for Van Nuys Harley Davidson, so you know, I had my own contacts there. Do they exist? Van Nuys, Van Nuys was there for 48 years, and then they sold the they sold the building. So the owner and the business was owned by the same person, and the owner sold the business, and the guy that bought the business, Mike Moffat, bought a property in Castake, and he was going to build off the five in Castake. Uh, what happened is is that the business, the person that owned the building as well, sold the building, and the new build, uh, the new owners uh, told us to kick rocks. In Castake, they didn't build anything because there was some fucking insect or something where they couldn't build sure, sure. Uh, what, something stupid like that. So they had an emergency move, uh, which is now Santa Clarita Harley-Davidson. Santa Clarita, right, with the Terminator. And exactly. with the ter- Well, that's before. this was before the Terminator. Terminator took over four years ago. Oh, okay. So, and, and the only reason Harley approved that is at that time, Harley would never approve a dealership off, if they're not off a freeway. The only reason they approved that is because that was supposed to be a temporary move, mm-hmm. and it just became a location. And then Oliver and the Terminator, Robert Patrick, they took it over less than five years ago? Yeah. Less than five years ago. But I I was there when we moved back in 2010, 2010, 2011. Yeah, so, but that dealership was a a hole in the wall, but very cool. It was a very cool spot. Does your current bike have the uh, M8 engine? Yeah. Yeah, it's a 2020. How many miles are on that? 14,000. 14, yeah, 14 and change. Okay. Why? I've just, I, I saw, you know, TikTok scares you. You get some of these mechanic guys who are like, if you get an M8, you have to get this kit, and you have to do this, that, and this. I'm wondering, do you really need to do that, or is that after a certain amount of miles, you know, like after 20,000, do you have to upgrade all this stuff to make it reliable? Because I was enthralled with the M8 engine. Like, I saw that, with just a camshaft and a tune, you picked up major horsepower on it. That's right. We were talking about this in Paris, too. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You were thinking about a new bike, and I said just... Yeah, the CVO. Yeah, just get a cam and a tune, and you'll yeah. wake up your bike. And But, you know, if you're looking for a different style of bike, that's all different. No, no, no. I, I, I concluded it made no sense. I concluded oh. I'm going to keep my setup. Yeah. I, 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 I got... It's, it's almost paid off. I, I want to do two things. I, I realistically, I want to do three things. Not with the whole cam. I want to do the cams. I want a carbon fiber the whole thing, and which is cheaper than a paint job. Oh, is it really? Oh, dude, a paint job on a Harley right now is like minimum ten grand. Whoa, minimum. Bro. I had a bike painted thirty five hundred, but that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, and I'm sure it was just the gas tank and the back fender. <laughs> no, no, it was a complete bike, but it was probably 2010 or something. Dude, right now, you're lucky if you find anything good for 10 grand. And then the other issue is is you're lucky if they finish it on time for anything. Because oh, yeah. as soon as they get another project, they fucking stop your project, and you're like, what's going on? You My know? bike took a while to turn around. But yeah. Yeah, you're knocking on fucking doors. So I, I did the calculation. I, I've been in this business long enough where I was like, it'd be so much cheaper to just fucking buy a carbon fiber fender and carbon fiber saddlebags and a carbon fiber rear fender. It'd be way cheaper, and there's a performance aspect to it. Don't and they just have stuff that, like, pops right on top of your, like a, a 
Like it's like dressing that you can put on top of the tank. I wasn't aware of that. The covers. I believe there's a lot of companies that just make covers now. So if you want to change the look of your tank, it just like pops on your existing tank. I, I saw that. I saw that. There's a girl. She's been on the podcast, and uh, she's a nice girl. I want to give her a shout out. Uh, Moto Gal, Anna, and she got sponsored by one of those companies that just it's it's a tank that just goes right over the tank. You just take off your gas cap, and it's just loop. Yeah. And it's like really nice and clean look and awesome. Not for a street glide, not for a bagger. The baggers, I think, are more complex. That's that's just like that's for the sportsters. Yeah, well, ch- I mean, sportsters, and I think they might be doing it for Dinas. Yeah, I think I think the one I saw was actually for a sportster. Yeah, yeah, because because Anna has a sportster. Yeah, I think she has a sportster. She has like a twelve hundred custom mm-hmm. or a nightster, something like that. And she changed the whole look of her thing. She just dropped it on, and it's steady, and it's like. This is fucking awesome. This is great. No, on the street glide, they sell the f- the front fairing cover. It's not a big deal. You you know three screws, three screws. Take it off, put it on, lock it in. I already changed the front fender. You know the front fender looks awesome. The side ones, I bought some on eBay. They were fucking fake carbon. It was carbon fiber paint. I was fuck. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I should have known what the price. <laughs> and then they do the fender and the and the saddlebags. But anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. And then I was looking at the Dakota Dakota Digital. Have you seen them? Gauges? Yeah. Oh, you really want to pimp it out. <laughs> the Dakota Digital fucking things are badass, dude. They're all digital, badass, a lot of information, custom. Syncs to your phone, you know, fucking. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, just really consider it, like, before you dump your. It's so easy to dump so much money into these things. You know? Yeah. Which is why with. This Kawasaki, I went straight for suspension this time. Right. I was like, I'm going to make this thing handle well before I do any kind of pip moves on it. And right now I'm like considering carbon fiber wheels for it. But I'm like, is that really just to impress other dudes? Or is it really going to make my hand bike <laughs> handle better? Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah, of this I, stuff is like. I was up in the air with this fucking tripod, man. Because they had a carbon fiber version of it. And I was like. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I was like the, for mm. the man cave. Yeah, I was yeah, like maybe yeah. I should, but it was fucking seven hundred dollars for a carbon fiber. I was like, nah, I don't need this versus shit. this one's three fifty. Yeah, or yeah. they're two ninety nine. This one's two ninety nine. The other one was like seven fifty. Oh, you're you're buying real tripods. You're not buying the Amazon shit. No, man, because th- this thing comes like I can I can make it this small. Oh, that's nice. And to travel with it's amazing, and that's why the carb. That's why they make a carbon fiber one because the ah. carbon fiber is half the weight. And they're like, if you travel, you fucking notice it. But I, I try not to take this one with me anywhere. That's nice. Well, I'll tell you a fun story. The Ride Boundless podcast started with, because you were talking about you don't want to ride with a lot of equipment. Yeah. I used to fucking ride with all this equipment. Really? Yeah. I would go to, like, I remember one of my first podcasts was uh, with, with Ventura Police Department. Uh, Quinn Redeker, he's one of those rodeo cops that does the cones and stuff like that. Right. And he would go to Europe and France and compete. And he, this guy's like a superstar in that. And he gave me one of my first interviews. And I was like, dude, that's badass. And I would just get a Pelican, pack it all up, fucking tie it up on the back of the bike. And I would ride boundlessly to wherever I had to do a podcast. And that's was how like, the first 20 episodes were. Was that the GS? I was doing it with the GS, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I was doing it with the GS. Yeah, yeah now. that's cool. It's, it's amazing how much stuff you can actually strap on a bike if you need to. Yeah. Watching the chopper guys is the best. 
Yeah. It's like, there's just one sissy bar, and then you put yeah. everything on it. Yeah. <laughs> their wife, their luggage, <laughs> an extra helmet. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Sure. Yeah. What what else is going on with your life? Any new bikes you're gonna get? Are you happy or content with your bikes? Um, I'm, oh. I'm, I don't know. I've got that that XR twelve hundred X is currently for sale. I mean, I don't know. I don't really. I'm not lusting after anything. Right. But um, there's. I always want another bike. Right. I'm always like looking at something. Like I said, my daily routine is iconic motorbike auctions, and then I go to Craigslist. And see what's new for sale there. Craigslist. Yeah. I haven't been on there in a long time. Yeah, man. That's part of the daily routine. Not, not, not Facebook Marketplace? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I list bikes on Facebook Marketplace. But, um, yeah, sometimes I'll go look. I, just, I'm so, I don't like Facebook anymore. Yeah. Just people are so nasty on there. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, TikTok and Instagram, they're pretty neutral. And then... Facebook, you just get the like the nastiest people, extremely ignorant people. Give me an example. I'm uh, I'm trying to process. Uh, you this. know, they throw politics into everything. <gasps> you know, it's like it's a food post. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're throwing politics into it. You know, it's just like, come on, bro. Food is supposed to bring us together. Right. That's what I love about food, and I love about Los Angeles, is we have all these diverse cultures and all this wonderful food, and we get together. And we talk and we get to know each other over this great food. Dude. And then on the internet, you got people that are just like little trolls in their basement. Just they need hate. attention. Just or fucking something. hate. Yeah. It's funny you said that because I posted on Facebook one time a drone shot of Malibu. My buddy just bought a house off right, like the water splashes on his house. And I got this fucking drone shot of the coast. Beautiful. Beautiful. What can you say bad about that? Lots of stuff. <laughs> All of a face. sudden, messages, bing, 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 comments, bing, 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 bing. I look, they turn this fucking beautiful post of PCH all political. All political. It started with, these houses were built over 60, 70 years. You guys talk about global warming that fucking coastline and the and where the water goes has been the same for over a hundred years. There is no global warming. Oh yeah, you fucking sit. And all of a sudden, this people are just ah, like arguing. And I it's was like, amazing. And it's I don't know. I just I don't feed into it, and I try to recognize it. Like when when I am on social media, there's facebook or instagram you see a lot of people creating content that is specifically to get you to react right you know a lot of time it's total bullshit and i think the majority of people just don't realize it you know that that content is specifically for them to react they don't give a shit what you think right they just want you to comment and engage their post and promote yeah, and people just don't get that. So I, I just, I, I, I just started figuring that out myself personally. Yeah. Like, I, like, like not, not in that subject, but I've seen a lot of posts that you keep seeing, like, oh, do, create your account like this and post, you know, five times a day and do that. And it's like, shut the fuck up! Like, none of that makes sense. You're just creating that for content. You're just creating that in false information just to create content. Because then you start looking at these accounts, and they're obviously not doing nothing they're saying that you should do to have certain results. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of fake bullshit information just to... Just to get a reaction. Just to get a reaction. Sure. The, the to, just to share it. Like, oh, that's interesting. And it's funny because all those videos, I have four or five different different friends that send me those same videos. Like, hey, Robert, you should try this. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, I see it so much now that I'm like, dude, this is bullshit. I call bullshit. Let me, let me look into this. Yeah. Bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> so I know knowing that I I could create content that gets people to react in that way, but I just it just it's cringy to me. I don't do it. I just create honest content. I show off a restaurant. I show them the food that I think is good. I just try to keep it simple, stupid. You know, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Has there been any place? I know you try to keep everything. Um, but it, but why do I keep fucking stumbling my words? But you want to be like correct. You don't want to like fuck around with anything. But is there anything that you really had a bad experience? You'd be like, yeah, there's been, there's been quite a few. Yeah, yeah. And but do um, you bring them up or no? No, um, you just avoid it. My my goal is to, I've kind of figured out where my role is, and I I like to promote restaurants. I'm out there, you know, if something's good, I want people to know about it. Right. Or if somebody needs business, I try to help them out. But if something sucks, you're not going to see it on my feed. I just don't post it. You yeah. know, and, and I usually don't talk shit about a restaurant or put them down because there's just no reason to. Sometimes I'll make fun of fast food. Yeah. Just because it's fun. But <laughs> even then, I could be shooting myself in the foot because they're the ones with the money. And every once in a while, a big brand deal comes along. So. I try not to talk shit about fast food either. Uh, it might be a silly question, but it's a legit question. I know you're a foodie, mm -hmm. but what about desserts? What are, what are do you have? Do you have your favorite desserts? Do you yeah. love desserts as a much as food? Anything with sugar, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> sugar is crack. Um, let's see. Most recently, I, I love chocolate, which was just tainted for me because I was in Paris eating some of the best chocolate. When you come back Chocolat. here, yeah, <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to, to find comparable chocolate. But, um, yeah, I love a good dark chocolate. That's kind an amazing dark. thing. Apparently, it's also good for you, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, um, and s some of the restaurants, we have some really talented people. And every once in a while, like Nancy Silverton's Boudino, I think it's called a Boudino. But Nancy is a, is a wizard with desserts. But in general, that's my wife's department. You know, mm. I let her order dessert, and I can tell like she's eyeing a couple and trying to make a decision. So I just order both of them. Yeah. Makes her happy. Give her that. Have you had uh, Have you had Zuma before? Zuma, the restaurant. I don't think so. They're inside. They, they have a few locations globally, um, but the nearest one, I believe, is uh, inside the Cosmopolitan, Las Vegas. Okay. Fucking amazing food. What kind of food is it? It's Japanese uh, mixed with American. Okay. So it's lots of steaks and sushis and fucking, I mean, it's just, it's it's amazing. It's, well, it's usually a good pairing. Yeah. It's a good fucking thing. They got, they got good Wagyu beef. They got the tomahawks, which is fucking spectacular. Uh, they make a lot of stuff with truffle or black caviar. I mean, it's oh sure the whole show, right? It, the whole fucking show. They, yeah. they the drinks. It's 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 my favorite place. That's another place I've been going for like seven years. That's my go to. Delicious. Highly recommend. 
There's a place in downtown LA that you'll probably like called NQX. I follow them. I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go sometime, let me know. Uh, oh, f- that place anytime. When yeah. the next week when I get back. Yeah, that's one of the the benefit. They'll probably invite me. Yeah. Um, but I'll, set uh, it up. I'll bring my camera. I'll even bring more equipment to make you look better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll film you. Yeah, I, re- I remember. So the first time I went, I was under the weather, and it really sucked because I didn't really get to enjoy the meal. And I was with like a party of eight. And they all said it was a fabulous meal, but I remember you sent a group message, uh, yeah. invite inviting us out to that. I think, yeah, yeah. But so I, I'd love to go back there, and I think you'd probably really like it. Oh man, I'd, I'd be I'd be honored. Yeah, a place like that, honored. I, I I I saw them, loved it, and followed. I think I started following it because of you. I I, did my post, yeah, my post for them did really well. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think we were in communication because I think you invited us. You, you, I think in the motorcycle group or something, you invited us to one place before. It probably wasn't something like NQX. Okay, no, because, yeah, you invited us to something before that weekend. You had something. You're like, hey, I can bring some people. And then you did that review separately. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it was for that place. No. But I know it was within that time gap or something. I was like, oh, fuck, I hope that wasn't the place I missed out on. But, yeah. you know, another... For if you, if you're really just craving meat, um, I Adam Perry Lang. I don't know if you know this, but I actually create content for him. Um, he does barbecue pop ups every weekend. Um, he's is that the Tomahawk guy that does the barbecue things? Yeah, you've probably seen his videos, right? I've seen his again. I once again because of you. Yeah. yeah Trust yeah. me, if I if I'm following any food thing right now, it's only because of you. Because I don't follow fucking food, but I, I, the guy that does all the Tomahawks and like like like. 20, 30 of them? Yeah, 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 he makes a show on the grill, yeah. Shit's but badass. It's not, it's more than a show. The man really knows his uh, meat. And it's a, it's wonderful to work with him because I, I learn a lot from him. It's great. Every time I go there, I'm, I'm asking questions like a little kid, and I get to learn something, which is really nice. One day I'll actually smoke something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you should give him a shot. Uh, there, there is a line, but it, it's worth the wait. Can I name drop? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, th- th- those two things are, are, I am following those two. I think those are the only two food accounts. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, dude, I don't follow food. Oh, yeah, you I try to stay thin? Yeah, I try, man. <laughs> I try, but it's hard with a four-year-old. Dude, when I, when I do the intermittent fasting and I'm scrolling through my feed at night, I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta put it away because it's all food. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine. He did like a, he was trying to do a thirty day fast. No, he way. made it to twenty two days, but he For did it with all sake. the water and mineral and all that shit. He did it the right way, but it was so weird because he was all he was doing was watching the Food Network channel and food things. I'm like, dude, isn't this torturous? He goes, I, no, it doesn't bother me. I just like looking at it. I was told that like after day three or four, it gets much easier. I, I would believe it. I've never done it. It's like the closest thing that I've ever done was like keto. And I would do like a 18-hour fast. And it was very hard trying that the first few days. But after like four or five days, like I can avoid anything. Like I didn't care for sugar. You or, did keto plus intermittent I did fasting. keto. Yeah, I wasn't eating too much. But I would only leave a few hours. And the hours that I wasn't eating, I was craving food like crazy. But you lost but weight. After, after that, I'm, of course you lose weight, but the 
energy level was through the roof. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Energy level. They, they say you go to like a, when you're in ketosis, you're like in a starvation mode. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the starvation mode, that's like a hunter mode. So all your instincts and all your senses are like fucking heightened. So you're like visions better, your sense better. You're like, oh, I don't know why I feel so fucking energized because your body's going through like, it's time to hunt, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's time to kill a bear or something. But it's interesting if you look at the science behind it. A lot of, lot of benefits. Nice, nice. I think I'll have to try it again. I'm getting a little chubby right now, eating all this good food. Last thing, uh, we'll, we'll leave it on, is uh, how was Brazil? Brazil. How was the meat in Brazil? I, it's, <laughs> the, the meat in Brazil is amazing. Uh, those, sure. I mean, those people know their meat. And it's funny because they have cuts we've never heard of. Like like a ribeye is what Americans love. That's a cheap cut over there. And then picanha is expensive over there and cheap here. Just because it's, you know, right, desire different things. Yeah, but God, they really do know their meat. They have wonderful selections, and they know how to prepare it. The flavors are good, huh? Sorry? The flavors are very rich and good, huh? Oh, yeah, and, you know, it's cooked simply and salted. They're not doing anything stupid with it, and that's really all. If it's good beef, that's all it needs. Salt. Just cook it right, a little bit of salt, and let the meat shine through. Yeah, Yeah, that's what Argentinians do with their barbecue. Exactly. Just salt. Yeah, they know their meat as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Brazil was interesting. It, it's not a safe place, which kind of sucked because I was in Sao Paulo, which is a huge city. Um, but the people I did interact with uh, were wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Brazilians are they're great. But you, it, because people say it's not safe, like people say, like many countries are not safe. But when you go there, you're like, oh, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, I, I can rock this. Did you notice, like, oh, this is not safe, like, yeah, uh, okay. well, it's, so a driver picked me up from the airport and took me to the hotel, and uh, I had the window halfway down, and he said, put it up for security reasons. Okay, yes. And then when I got checked into the hotel, they also warned me. They're like, if you're out on the street, do not have your phone out. Do not be filming like a tourist, because they will snatch your phone. Right. So, you know, it's it's not just like, yeah, no, that's it happens. And yeah, it's sad. And I and I went to a very swanky part of Sao Paulo where they have like the nice mall, and the whole mall was surrounded by armed security officers. So, yeah. So it is what it is. But. I'll, I'll, I'm going to drop this bomb or not bomb, but this piece of information. Uh, I was telling you when I went to Dubai, mm-hmm. you can leave a stack of cash. Your friend's Rolex, if you don't have one. Uh, your car keys, fucking anything of value. You can leave it on a table, and you can walk outside, go to one of the pools, grab a cocktail, jump into the sea, and come back, and everything is there. Nobody would even... De- and the thing is, it's so safe that you don't even worry about it. Like, you know there's no possible way of anybody touching your stuff. <laughs> what a fucking difference. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Josh, let's do this again, man. Yep. Thank you very much for having me on, man. Oh, thank you. Uh, one more time, uh, Instagram, website, where can people find you, all that fun stuff? At the Hangry Writer, the underscore hangry underscore writer. Um, yeah, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. But yeah, if you want to follow along, I'd love to have you on the ride. 
Awesome. Thank you. All right.